Sorry, oh, I was not plugged iron. in. You smart guy. Who yeah. makes mistakes. It's true. Occasionally. Smart guys never you make smart mistakes. Guy with a reasonable amount of lapses. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um man, you missed my excellent joke. And well, too late now. Yeah. I, I think I asked you if you had an errands party. If you were having an errands party. Uh I don't get it. Oh, an errands party. I see. Yeah. You said errand. <laughs> oh, ding dong. Um, <laughs> That's not a joke. People all around, you've got to come get it. Everyone together, <laughs> sing it loud. Come get it. Jump all around. Come on. Come get it. What? Say it again. Come get it. It's Think Outside the Box Set, a podcast. That's how I beat Shaq. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, we'll get there. Uh, <laughs> it's a podcast about learning to appreciate artists that may be misunderstood, unrecognized, or dismissed. And boy, do we have a large smattering of those today, because for the first time ever, we're covering a compilation album. Yeah, we were talking on the old Discord. I'm Cameron Duet, by the way. And I'm Nathan Hunt. Who are, which one are you? Yeah. yeah. We were talking on the old Discord because it's season eight. And uh, instead of just covering one artist this season, listening to their entire discography, we're just taking a little break. We're uh, flitting around, flirting around with a bunch of different artists. And, um, you know, we followed up on ICP and T-Pain. Um, and then we're like, what are we going to do next? And I said... It would be cool to review the first albums that we ever bought. Yeah. And you said. <laughs> I said there are two of them for me. I bought them at the same time. I bought uh, <laughs> first uh, uh, in, in uh, alphabetical order, the album Blue by Third Eye Blind, um, which is I think that album is interesting and maybe perhaps better than people give it credit for. But instead, mm. we're going to talk about. Now that's what I call music volume five. Yeah. <laughs> which came out in November of t the year 2000. And boy, do I ever call it music. Uh, then that's what we called music. It, it, we did call it music. And now we call it gravy. <laughs> I want to make an joke. album that like a super experimental pushing the bounds of what music is album and call it soon. Uh, <laughs> this is what we'll call music. <laughs> soon that's what we'll call music. <laughs> You may not like it now, but your grandkids are going to love it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we're talking about now. Now that's what I call music volume five. So it's uh, what? 19 songs, 19 artists. And it's a little bit of an odd fit because one of the sort of subtexts of our show is that we take these artists and then we we subject them to critical scrutiny. We treat them like serious uh, endeavors, like actual art. And we talk about. Uh, the ways it succeeds and fails. And a lot of this is not really worthy of scrutiny. <laughs> a lot of it is very lightweight. Yes. I, I sort of thought that maybe by doing this, we could talk about our own personal discographies a little bit. And mm. um, we were just talking about how I think we don't, there doesn't necessarily need to be another review 
you know, like another music review uh, podcast or any other podcast ever. Um, <laughs> yep. But I think part of the part of the content that we have is uh, just owning the subjectivity of what we do. And I think our orientation towards music uh, that we cover is important. Um, and I think like this might be a little bit of personal investigative journalism, you know, like what, uh, why do we have the opinions we had? What, where are we coming from in right. our like own experience of musical consumption and i think uh listening to now that's what i call music five because that's the first album you bought is a great <laughs> i think that's dan i think that's worth scrutinizing yeah i agree and, and i think that's what we're going to talk about is you yeah the album, but you finally some attention <laughs> if it'll feel like i have friends um yeah so, flashback to late 2000 on a rainy night in Eugene, Oregon at a Barnes & Noble. A mm. dumb little chubby little husky stupid little boy probably wearing cargo shorts and a fleece vest waddles up to the counter with two Ooh, CDs. Cargo shorts and fleece vest? You know I was wearing that same thing, Nathan. <laughs> Hell yeah. So, this dumpy little boy waddles up to the counter with two uh, CDs in his uh, greasy little hands and one of them is now that's what I call music volume 5 and the other is blue by third eye blind and I bought both of them you're like hmm? you're like blue is my favorite color and um, <laughs> according to this other album this also contains music yeah, so that's kind of what I'm working with <laughs> I'm a blank slate yeah well I thought that third eye blind did the song I'm blue da -da -dee -da -da -da. you so, bought the album because you thought <laughs> no that's a joke that you jackass although i did eventually I mean, <laughs> own the entire eiffel 65 album because i found it in a one dollar bin so i was like yeah why not yeah um yeah so i i bought both of these because of songs that i had heard i bought blue because of um never let you go yeah that's the one and this one i bought mm. because of the song kryptonite by three doors down and ah yes, I didn't listen very much to the other tracks. I don't know why I didn't buy Third Eye or uh, Three Doors Down's album. It might have been sold now, why, out. Why? Why did you hear the song Kryptonite and think I need to hear? I want to own that song. Well, it was an epiphany for me. One of my, <laughs> I'm not going to say friends because it was more of an acquaintance. Uh, I was sure. over at his house and he like puts this song. He, he thinks it's cool and he puts it on and plays it for me. And it was almost like a religious experience. What? Uh, what? Yeah. Right. <laughs> to this, this song kryptonite. Um, it, it was like this epiphany. I was like, Whoa, I didn't know music could do that. I didn't know that, that like, that the, that people can do this with music. I'm trying to look at my notes. Um, <laughs> did, is is the thing that music did that you didn't know was possible is like a weird sort of militaristic uh, snare drum part in a rock song and aggressively unfunky guitar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I think it was um, what I had grown up on was mostly like folky stuff folk rock right. bruce coburn john mccutcheon uh some u2 that was most of what i listened to uh mm -hmm. there was like some weird things like jim croce or uh 
some some like uh my parents nostalgia music some beatles that kind of thing um but i had never heard a song like this before at all and there's a shitload of reverb on it it sounds mm-hmm. like they're placed in just like a massive vacuum of space on some like like orbit around the planet and it's kind of about superman the the lyrics have like this real <laughs> epic and almost like sci-fi quality it's a little bit existential sure. and superman is kind of a metaphor but also kind of not i don't know it, it was just like it was like this the heavens opened up and i was like whoa the world is bigger than i ever thought man and i wasn't even high mm. i didn't do drugs back then i was only 13 years old just high on life yeah high on uh post grunge mud pop <laughs> mud pop <laughs> did you come up with that or is that a real thing i don't think that's a real thing <laughs> yeah that sounds about right though yeah does puddle of mud count <laughs> they're As basically the prototypical mud pop band uh yeah so i didn't listen to m- m- the other tracks very much i don't know why i bought this album just for that one song that um, kind of sounds like a hipster popsicle place mud pop mud pop. i would be pretty down with that <laughs> <laughs> oh boy yeah it has chocolate popsicles um yeah. but yeah this is a kind of an interesting nostalgia trip this album this compilation came out almost 20 years ago uh 19 years well 18 and a half i think yeah these are oldies yeah and boy revisiting some of this music is super painful painful just because it's a bummer to listen to bad music or yes. like specific <laughs> like specific triggers uh mostly just it's a bummer to listen to bad music and there's a lot yeah. of very odd choices here it's um, not great yeah i can't believe they made mystical a sensor shake your ass to shake it fast um shake it fast you know what i'm talking, you know about. What I'm talking about yeah he literally has a line about you know like, what the antecedent <laughs> to this program he literally is. says like bend over and show me what you're working with shake it fast and it's like well hmm i wonder what to what he is referring hmm um and but they, they also have like kind of a rapey song and that 98 degrees song is really explicit um but uh yeah yeah but in terms of like revisiting it and re-listening, I don't think all the censorship has been preserved on Spotify because there are some moments where I was like, they definitely would have censored that. But the Spotify has like the album version. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is a, an interesting nostalgia trip. I wonder how many of our listeners had not been born or were not very aware oh, of yeah. stuff by the year 2000. Uh, people can smoke who were born after this compilation came out or get sent off to a foreign country to die for imperialism. Yeah. On the other hand, which we hope you are all you've all done. Yeah. (laughs) Everybody's been there, right? Um, on the other hand, in a way, this is sort of the last gasp of minimum standards in pop music, um, before auto tune sort of covered over, a lot of right. these imperfections you had to get really good singers to sing some of this stuff and there is some pretty fine singing on this compilation interesting uh yeah i think i mostly agree it's funny how um small the songs sound how do you mean i i mean they just they sound like Okay, so listening to Carly Rae Jepsen, for instance, um, one time I tried to make a cover 
of um, uh, Call Me Maybe. And I was like, oh, this song is at, is uncoverable because there's absolutely nothing in it. Mm. You know, it's not like uh, it, the song's all about its production and all about um, the sonic qualities of it. And then a few kind of charming lyrics, um, which I do think I, I do enjoy that song. But I tried to cover it and I was like, oh, I, I really can't do this um, because there's I can't recreate what's good about the song, which is purely sonic. Nothing on the nothing on the page is good. Mm-hmm. Um, and um you know, they used to, I feel like they kind of used to try to <laughs> write uh, songs with kind of more substance, mm-hmm. um, but I, th- I feel like they often failed. And so, <laughs> with the combination of like the failing to have actual substance in these pop songs and then the, s- the sonic quality sounding so thin, yeah. um, it just, it really <laughs> doesn't land. Um, and then... Also, I to to a certain extent, I don't really care about um, good vocals. If uh, even the even the really good vocals, I think sounded thin. They're, it's not like the eighties. I feel like the vocal work, a lot of the vocal work in the eighties was like pretty incredible um, and sounded really huge. Mm-hmm. It was like this weird middle period, this liminal space between um, you know all this fantastic analog recording and like. Uh, um, digital production yeah Ooh, good vocabulary words i totally know what you're talking about uh it really hit yeah. me on the nsync song it's gonna be me um, oh yeah well, should we start those are the worst offenders the uh yeah. the late 90s pop britney spears nsync that stuff is like pretty bad yeah uh should we just start I talking remember about it them? sounding sh- absolutely yeah let's do it okay so this is his first song is it's gonna be me by nsync So there it's the whole song is completely squashed into mid tones. There's no bass. Yes. There's not really any treble. It's just this weird like middle band, almost like a telephone effect. Like you're listening to it <laughs> over the telephone. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah, it doesn't sound that much different, you know, like over Skype. Yeah. <laughs> how I'm listening to it now. <laughs> uh, basically yeah. the same. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why. Like they didn't have to make it like that. Why is it? Because was it for the the radio? Is that why they did it? I guess, um, but they had the same or even worse limitations. I think you know when the Beatles were around, and those recordings sound incredible. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but maybe it's because they're playing like real instruments and stuff. But this, it's all yeah. I feel like sampling technology was like pretty, pretty bad. Like MIDI stuff was pretty bad back then. Right. Yeah, um, I think you're right. Yeah, those orchestra hits, like using those, like bow 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 bow. bow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, this sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this song Sucks sounds to like listen shit. To. <laughs> um, On the other hand, I do really like most, if not all, of InSync's vocals. I I like yeah. the harmonies. I think they sound really good. <laughs> we got all kinds of miasmas. I enjoy. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, I enjoy listening to them sing. 
yeah just all the production behind it is a real bummer yeah it sucks um this is also the songwriting what is the song about every cameron every little thing i do never seems enough for you you don't want to lose it again but i'm not like them whoever them are baby when you finally get to love somebody guess what it's gonna be me it sounds so threatening and i always thought it did like even when i was a kid i was like it's gonna be me although they don't say it's gonna be me they say it's gonna be me He very clearly says it's going to be May. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So very threatening. Oh, like, boy. what do you, what do you threat? It's, it, is it like, it's, it's almost like one of those songs where it's like, yeah, eventually you're going to give up and give in and then I'm going to be there. And then you're finally going to. It's some real Garth energy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real, um, what is that? Like, uh. Uh, 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 with the kind of person who who uh, complains about the friend zone, like a nice guy. Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. It's like it's gonna be me. Yeah, like oh boy. these guys that you're with don't deserve you because they're assholes. But I'm not, even yep. though I'm <laughs> <laughs> judging you very harshly and and feel um, entitled to yeah. you. Yeah. Yep. Also, uh, I want to talk about huh. Ooh, oh boy. No, go ahead. Ooh. The chorus starts with every little thing I do never seems enough for you, which is really shitty whining. Like, come on, what? Yeah. <laughs> All right, what were you going to say? Uh, you're just too blind, too blind to see, but in the end, you know it's going to be me. Oh my God. You, you can't <laughs> deny it. Yes, gaslighting and it's really shitty. Yep. There's a lot of that in this compilation. There's some real shitty masculinity. Um, although. There's a fun little Bob Marley Easter egg in the lyrics here. Uh, it's not fun. Isn't it? <laughs> no. It's <laughs> it's totally misinterpreting the Bob Marley lyric. That's why it's fun. You might have been <laughs> hurt, babe. That ain't no lie. You've seen them all come and go, oh, I remember you told me that it made you believe in no man, no cry. Maybe that's why. So it's like taking no woman, no cry and making it into a, a man, baby. Uh but as Cameron points out, it is completely misinterpreting the Bob Marley song. Yeah, I don't think it's doing I don't think it's misinterpreting it on purpose. <laughs> yeah, it's it's somebody who had heard of the song by title only and never listened to or read the lyrics. Yeah. And they assumed that it's Bob Marley saying like women, right? Like yeah. if you don't have women, you don't have to cry because they all they do is make us suffer, yep. which is not the song is the opposite of that. It's <laughs> like a comforting song to a woman for like um, experiencing the suffering that women do. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's there's yeah. a comma there. He's saying, no, no, woman, don't don't cry is, is probably yeah. how uh, yeah, many, a- many people would phrase it. Yeah yeah it's supposed it's supposed to be comforting not uh uh, whining yeah exactly uh (sighs) yeah all right what's what song you want to talk about next well first i I want to talk about a thread that kind of goes throughout this album so um the every era of pop music you know sort of has its chord progression um Mm -hmm. that it really likes and there isn't just (laughs) The one thing that pops out over and over again in this era of songwriting, I think, is the minor key song with a big, fat, dominant, major five chord. Um, Hmm. And uh, this is a sound that is completely precedented in music theory. Um, But um, 
I think these days kind of gets left out of pop music because it has this really particular uh, effect. It feels very dramatic because, you know, minor keys are often a little more dramatic. And then um, in order to play a five chord in a minor key um, and to have it have the same kind of tension and release, um, you have to change, you have to sharpen the third of the five chord to make it a major chord, um, so that it has a half step resolution. I know it sounds like just a bunch of techno jargon uh, or theory jargon, but, um, there, you, you, you alter the, the notes that you can get and it makes this, uh, especially tense sound. Um, and, and it's, it's more dramatic. And I think, uh, it, Unless done carefully, it can sound over dramatic and like, mm. um, yeah, especially right. if the lyrics behind it aren't deserving. Right. Um, because it, it takes so, the scale and, you know, normally a minor scale has a minor seventh, but when you play the dominant, right. the, uh, the, the five chord as a major chord, you have the major seventh of the scale. Exactly. Yeah. So like, and once again, completely precedented thing, but like, I don't hear it very much in pop music these days. Um, usually, uh, minor key pop songs, um, are in natural minor, meaning they don't like these days, they don't change the scale in order to give it that dramatic major five chord. Mm -hmm. You know, it'll be like a minor F major C G or something like that. Um, instead of a minor F E major or E major seven or E dominant seven. So mm -hmm. anyway, you're about to hear what I'm talking about and, um, mm. let's maybe play, play this example. And then I'll show you where this crops up throughout this album. I think this was sort of a harmonic zeitgeist of the time. Oh, interesting. It's at the end. That bah. uh da da it's gonna be me. Um yeah. So that chord, that sound, that drama is really prominent during this time. I think it might have something to do with um how popular like uh um Mexican and Central American uh, pop music was and how much it crossed over. Um, yeah, there's a lot of appropriation and gratuitous like Spanish yeah. guitars and um, yes, I mean we can, That's that would be a great segue. You want to talk about the next song? Yes. Give <laughs> Perfect me example. Just One Night, Una Noche by 98 Degrees. Now I'm gonna make you So <laughs> there's a totally unearned Latin pop influence on this one. I mean, I know that it, yeah. Latin pop was huge. I think they launched the Latin Grammys around this time. It was like uh, Shakira, um, Gloria Stefan, Ricky oh. Martin, of course. Uh, yes, all, she bangs. Yeah, she does bang. Um, but this one is totally unearned for this band. This is a bunch of white guys from fucking Ohio capitalizing on this trend 
<laughs> una noche. <laughs> yeah, they literally put it in the title of the song. Give me just one night in parentheses. Una noche. <laughs> it's like fuck you guys. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Um, it feels very appropriative, uh, especially because it's written by a bunch of Scandinavians. It looks like. Yeah. <laughs> Claudia Ogalda, Arnthor Bird Birdgison, and Anders Bega. <laughs> Swedes, maybe? Anders, the most Scandinavian name. The least Latino name. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, and this song. Okay, so it's... it's There's another. There's a, also a, a thread. There's a couple lyrical uh, motifs on this compilation, and one of them is just a straight-up proposition of a one-night stand. And this is probably yeah. the most barefaced. Give me just one night, una noche, a moment to be by your side. I'll give you the time of your life. Boo, baby, yeah. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of like uh, fetishizing, like a, a one night of passion going on in this compilation. Um, and so then they get this woman to come on and do a spoken word, extremely sexual uh, voiceover. Let me see if I can. I don't really speak very much Spanish, but mm-hmm. like so, I que rico me pone loca. I I que rico is like how uh, isn't like rico like salty or savory or something? It means like rich or, or delicious rich. or uh, yeah, like in enjoyable it, it can be like um it applied in sort of a, an analogous way so know. it's like it's the way you would talk about like uh like a salty sweaty kiss maybe well i don't know about that <laughs> maybe <laughs> right Nathan. <laughs> sure i'll give it to uh, you i don't know i know loca means crazy but i don't know what me pone is uh it makes me crazy or I guess it could be you make me crazy, but then that would be like the okay. most formal way of talking to the person. So it makes me crazy. Uh, como te mueves, como, te, uh, como me toca, uh, the way you move, the way you touch me. Yep, exactly. So I think that's uh, what makes her tu, crazy. Sure. Yeah. Tu mov, uh, movimiento, tu sentimiento, uh, your movements, your feelings. Yeah. Um, yes, uh, or si, si yo te quiero, yes, I want you. Nope. Uh, te doy la noche. Um, I don't know what te doy means, but I'm saying like tonight I want you, right? No, no, no. Uh, si, it means if in this case. Si yo oh, te si. quiero. Means of course. If I like you, te doy la noche means I give you the night. Doy is dar, right. is the to give. Toda la noche. Toda la noche. I vamos. Let's go. Let's go for <laughs> Hey, let's go. <laughs> hey, oh, let's go. Let's have some sweaty kisses. It's 98 degrees out, baby. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, they named themselves uh, after the body temperature of the human body. 98 degrees. So sexual. Yep. <laughs> oh, boy. Good Good job, Nick Lachey. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, did you ever watch the sing-off? No, I don't know what that is. It was this show, um, it was a singing competition, but for acapella bands. Um, and it was on NBC for three seasons. Aw, um, that sounds insufferable. 
Uh, I really liked it. I watched all three seasons. Um, and here's why I liked it. Okay. Uh, and this is going to tie into 98 Degrees. Um, I liked it because... I enjoy, I have a sort of music musical theater style ingratiation to uh, acapella groups. Like I know that it's kind of silly, but I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, something about it. I don't know. I think it's fun. Uh, for whatever reason, it isn't insufferable to me, and okay. I specifically like it. Uh-huh. The other reason I liked it is because. Um, you know, these groups, as far as I could tell, they were arranging all of their own music. They would come up, they would get a challenge, you know, to like, uh, do a song from a certain, um, a certain era or by a certain artist. And then they would have to pick a song and then make their own arrangement. And often, hmm. you know, it like takes, uh, it's, it's difficult to make an acapella arrangement sound good. And a lot of them did a really good job. Um, and yeah. by the end of the seasons there, they would just have like fantastic fantastic uh bands like it was just like a, an hour of like really great music okay. um uh that's where pentatonics comes from i really right. like pentatonics i think they're great i don't love all the pop songs that they sing but i think they're fantastic musicians mm-hmm. um anyway um so the the hosts um were uh what's his name um rock in the suburbs ben folds ben folds um Ben Folds was a host. Um, and then also the guy that loves Sean to drop the N word when he covers a rap song. Yes, <laughs> he does. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe ironically complains about, um, uh, how unprivileged he is as being a white person. <laughs> it's really hard to say. There's a lot to, unpack hard to there. say anyway, like, he is really charming, um, despite those really significant <laughs> problems. Uh, and he's like really smart and he's like kind of one of the only, um, musically intelligent, like, uh, uh, hosts on a show like that, or at mm-hmm. least one that like put that foot forward and like analyzed music. Um, and then, uh, I think one of the pussycat go- dolls was on it for a minute and then Sarah Borales was on it. Who's a lot better. Um, but then also Sean from, um, boys to men, I forget his last name, but anyway, John, Nick John Cannon, uh, no, no, not Nick Cannon. Nick Lachey was the host. <laughs> um, and he was such a doofus and he was so charming. And there were all of these like live moments Wait, in the he's, show. He's from 98 degrees. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, which one is he? He's one of the 90. He's the one that married uh, Jessica Simpson. He's the one that's uh, middle left on this uh, album cover of Una Noche. Of the single? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Um, yeah, Nick Lachey. So he was the host of the sing-off. And um, there are all these moments where he, he just had this like, just totally unself-aware, dorky like just super charming, like interactions with the hosts. Um, and he just made, they let him like make a lot of really dumb jokes and say a lot of non-scripted things. And it was pretty fascinating to watch. Mm. Like (laughs) he's a really ditzy dude and they really like let him go on this show. (laughs) It's really funny. Oh my God. So I'm like a little bit endeared to him because of my, like those three seasons of that show that I watched. They had a whole reality show where when you married Jessica Simpson, newlyweds, Nick and Jessica. Yeah, it's true. Oh boy. 
I did not watch that. Yeah. (laughs) Well, uh, I have two things to say about the song. One is uh, there's a lyric, your rustic passion makes me crazy. (laughs) Yep. It's followed up with, uh, I want to loosen up your feelings, see what's hiding inside. And oh boy. Dear Lord. Yikes. Not great. Um, also, uh, there is a, uh, minor, this is in a minor key and it has a big, a big fat, uh, five chord mm, in it. So mm-hmm. you want to play that for us? Yeah. Right here. There's a really interesting voice leading in there too. It goes, there's a walk down. It goes, da, 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 minor chord, da, 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 to the five major, da, 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 to the flat seven major, and then to the, uh, da, 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 to the major four chord. Um, it's, it's kind of like a nice, a nice musical thing going on, uh, considering that it's a bad song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean it does have some it doesn't sound as bad as nsync like production wise and it does have some nice like pretty funky guitars up in there and there's some good stuff going on yeah yeah but when you compare it to uh jennifer lopez's waiting for tonight which i think very well may have been my sexual awakening watching that music video (laughs) in uh late elementary school um uh you know sixth grade uh it's, it's just pales in comparison. Of course. These guys are not as sexy uh, as <laughs> she was in that song. And a lot of it's because of the music. Right. That song rules. Yeah. Um, all right. What next song do you want to talk about it? Uh, <laughs> no, okay. So like I have, there's talk. a lot of these songs that I really don't have anything to say about, but I'd be kind of interested to jump right into jumping jumping the third okay. track if yeah. not that we have to go in order get all 19 songs yeah but yeah, let's let's keep it rolling ladies leave your man at home the club is full of ballers and their pockets full of gold and now you fellas leave your girl with her friends this is 11 30 and the club is jumping jumping we say Yeah, so this song fucking blaps. Like, you can hear it. It's got so much, like, really cool rhythm and fun stuff going on. I was kind of live. There's a really cool key change that we just heard. Like, the whole verse is in the four of the chorus. Like, Mm. and yeah, it sounds like really lo-fi in a really cool way. Like, it's, like, really taking advantage of (laughs) production abilities. Yeah, it's not, like, trying to pretend like they're playing with an orchestra. They're definitely making it sound like it was just played on a a keyboard. It sounds like Napoleon Dynamite and it fucking rules. <laughs> yeah, but it's 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 so groovy and catchy. And like I was kind of live blogging uh, my listening to this compilation a little bit to Cameron, just directly uh, narrow casting at him. And I was just yes. like, oh, my God, we made a huge mistake. This compilation fucking sucks. These songs are terrible. And then the third song came on Jumpin' Jumpin' by Destiny's Child. I was like, I take it all back. This song fucking rules. Yeah, <laughs> it is a little bit it's strange pretty- lyrically. I think it's interesting. Yeah, I can't tell if they you want... You talk about it. Well, okay. Ladies, leave your man at home. The club is full of ballers and their pockets full grown. And all you fellas, leave your girl with your friends because it's 1130 and the club is jumping, jumping. And I can't tell... 
Does that mean you want me to go out to the club and start cheating around? Is that what you want? Yeah, uh, I think so. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so like the, the first verse last weekend, you stayed at home alone and lonely. The, the rhythm on this rules. You heard part of it just now. Last weekend, you stayed at yeah. home alone and lonely. Couldn't find your man. He was chilling with his homies. This weekend, you're going out. If you try to stop you, you're going off. You got your hair done and your nails done too. <laughs> a new crazy. outfit in your Fendi shoes. And when you're through parlaying at the hottest spot, tonight you're going to find the fellas rolling in the Lexus drops and Hummers. So I don't. Yeah. And then the next verse, verse two is, it's like equal opportunity. Call your boys because tonight you're not going to stay at home. Should tell your girl she ain't coming tonight. You're going solo. Cut her off because she talks some noise. You know, you got the right to get your party on. <laughs> And that's, I don't know, that's kind of shitty. I feel like under, that like kind of undercuts the message of empowerment. And I don't think Beyonce would do this now. Yeah, totally. Especially because it like really plays into sexist stereotypes of like, yeah, cut off that girl because she's talking noise. She's just blah, 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 naggy, nag, nag, nag. <laughs> You're not going to get any of that at the club. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, yeah, you're right. That, that is kind of shitty. Uh, upon a closer inspection of the lyrics. Yeah, the hook is literally, though he say he got a girl. Yeah, it's true. You got a man. But the party ain't gonna stop. So let's make it hot, hot. Yeah. But I mean, I guess you could interpret it as just dancing. Yeah, that's the thing. Is this a song about having fun, enjoying, um, you know, physical contact and flirting with strangers or is this about specific infidelity like it could be interpreted either way right. and i think maybe more the former could be yeah i don't know there's because not- i really like going to square dances and part of the reason i like going to square dances is i it's one of the only times in my like life my uh week to week life where um i just get to be touched a lot by a lot of people mm-hmm you know, and uh, I know it's silly to compare like a square dance to a club, but in a, in a lot of ways, it's it's similar. Well, you know, what is also good for that orgies. Well, yeah, but the password but is Fidelio. I don't necessarily want that. Oh, so, you know, I think there's a legitimacy to of desire to like, um, yeah, like uh, be close to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's why a lot of people go to clubs and they're saying like, you're stuck in a rut at home. Just go to the club, get some space, have a fun time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of, I don't know. It's, it's framed in a very like oppositional or almost spiteful way. Like it very much is. So that, that <laughs> kind of makes me think it's sort of leading towards the cheating angle of like, yeah, your, your man fucking sucks. So you're going to go out and find some strange on the dance floor. Yeah. So I don't know. But it does it does blap this song. I have a couple um, very (laughs) uh, very specific examples. Um, One of them is uh, where we get to hear her say parlaying. Oh, do you want to play that uh, sound sample? And you have another sound sample, I think, goes along with it. Oh, yeah. Another prominent uh, um, use of the word parlay. Parlay. 
That's the one. <laughs> oh, good, good old Johnny Depp. He's so he's so wacky. Yeah. <laughs> that actually came out not well, long after this song. Well, maybe two years. Yeah. That that first movie came out in what, like two thousand one? Man, I loved that movie when it came out. Me I probably too. still like it. I bet it stands the test of time. I bet it probably does. The sequels, I seem to remember, pretty much sucking real bad. Yeah, I should check those out again. Yeah. Ooh. I love when, when they're like, that's the worst pirate. And then they're like, yo, that pirate's the best pirate I've ever seen. <laughs> and it's like, you're both right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, th- there's also... Um, a, a reference to twerking and i think at the at the time of re-listening to this i think it's the first time uh, the earliest example i could think of of twerking so um how about you play that example real quick yeah Yeah. And of course they rhyme it with work at work it. Of course, yeah. Um I like- So it's funny that, you know, that's a a very popular thing to talk about a couple of years ago, um uh, but like I hadn't heard it up until that point. Obviously right. it's existed for a while. Yeah. They're talking about this shit in 1999. I also like uh, like the uh, shout out to Juggalos. Balling fellas time to clown. Yeah. Man, <laughs> I'm clowning. <laughs> So I did a little bit of research uh, to see what is the earliest um, reference to twerking in a song. Whoa. And I found, um, I found Look DJ at Mr. Egghead over here to the song uh, Do the Jubilee, oh. um, I think is sometime in the 80s. So Wow. That's that way predates everything I know. Yes. Yes. Shake, baby, shake, baby, shake, 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 baby, shake, baby, shake, shake, shake. It's essentially the same song, <laughs> right? <laughs> Although uh, Destiny's Child. So is I'm funkier. assuming when he says "shake, baby," he means like a side to side, and then a twerk is the up and down. Cameron, I've always and then you got to do the Z axis back and forth. <laughs> yeah, Cameron, I've always heard that you shouldn't shake a baby. That's that's bad, right? <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, oh boy a lot of child death in uh, in dancing (laughs) Um, Uh, we we got another one to five uh, minor minor song with a uh, major five chord if you want to play that as well yeah lowercase one to uppercase five here it is Yeah. So it's the end of each of those phrases. Jumping, jumping. All right. Let's see. What else are we working with here on this compilation? Um, Other highlights. Let's. Oh, boy. There's a lot on here that's. I feel like there's a bunch we can blaze through super quick. What what else did you what else did you like? So you ah. bought this album to get Kryptonite, but you I'm assuming you listened to the whole album. Like what else stood out to you? Um Did you like Jumpin' Jumpin' when you heard it? Do you remember no. having <laughs> thoughts? I I okay, so my parents and a lot of the milieu that I grew up in was pretty elitist, which you can hear in the way that I use the word milieu. Um <laughs> still with me. And uh, they were pretty openly contemptuous of 
basically all pop music and uh that rubbed off on me and i took it and ran with it like to the nth degree um yes so a lot of this i was just like very contemptuous of um Mm. and also a way that i think was probably uh what's the word racially contextualized like i was very contemptuous of like shake it fast by mystical um sure like and maybe not for the right reasons <laughs> yeah yeah no the, this is yeah this is a bunch of you know dumbass little white kid who didn't know anything um so yeah um yeah, there's just like a lot of this I didn't really listen to. Um, maybe the last four songs were probably the ones that I I guess I would listen to the most because they are the most sort of rocky one. Maybe the last they five really songs. They really backload them, don't they? Yeah, there's like the it's whole... It's like the B-sides. Yeah, kind of like quote-unquote rock genre is basically the last five songs. So let's start with the first one of those. It's not really a rock song. It's kind of a sappy pop song uh it's back here by bb mac but i do remember listening to this the song is so bad <laughs> <laughs> I had completely forgotten you know, the, hmm? the genre title soft rock is, is um, just dense with meaning. <laughs> yeah. It's not just but a not little contradictory, <laughs> not too dense. It's pretty soft and squishy, <laughs> flaccid, flaccid rock. You might yeah. say, um, yeah. I had completely forgotten that an entity called BB Mac existed. Uh, the Mac part oh is called M a K. And I was, as I was revisiting it tonight, I was like, you know what? I bet that's some shitty incorporation of all their names. And it turns out I was right. Yeah. It's like, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's the uh, original band of Bernie Mac and BB King. <laughs> Remember there? <laughs> Fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> that, that Irish <laughs> pop group. <laughs> uh, their last names, two of them start with B. So that's BB. And then the third one is McNally, Stephen McNally. So they took. M C N A L L Y McNally, and they just made it into M A K because K's sure. are cool. Mac, yeah, yeah. Uh, there was so many bands that came up with dumb names like that, including a band I was in. Uh, which band? Uh, huh. tell we us the really, title. We didn't really have a name until five minutes before we were about to get on stage, and so Dox your band. Yeah, yeah it was. Uh, it ended up being billed as CNC, like the letter CNC. Oh, right. That was the initials of our first names. And I was like, what are you guys doing? This is the worst band name ever. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Terrible. Yeah. Speaking terrible of terrible, stuff. this song is boring and it has the thinnest, wispiest excuse for a narrative. So I told you lies, even made you cry. Baby, I was so wrong. Girl, I promise you, now my love is true. This is where my heart belongs. And, uh, here I am so alone. There's nothing in this world I can do until you're back here, baby. You, you get it. It's just yes. whiny, dumb song. Uh, you want to go on to the next one after that? Yeah, the, the genius annotation for this from uh, More Martin Than Martin three years ago hmm. says, straightforward pop ballad from Irish group BB Mac. <laughs> you're not wrong. Yeah. Uh, but then... I think we should talk about... Uh, no, you, you go ahead. I think we should talk about uh, doesn't really matter. Oh, 
Yeah, that song fucking rules too. Um, the Janet Jackson. So it's the one before back back here. So let's listen to that. There's that major uh, five chord oh, again. Oh man, that that song has some bass. You probably didn't hear it over Skype, but that song actually has bass. It's uh, it's it got some good. expansiveness to the production. Yeah, it does sound good. Um, so the chorus goes: Doesn't really matter what the eye is seeing, because I'm in love with the inner being. Doesn't really matter what they believe. What matters to me is you're in love with me. So, and then, <laughs> and then the the chorus goes on to. <laughs> Doesn't really matter what they believe. What matters to me is you're nutty, nutty, nutty for me. And this song is about being in love with fat Eddie Murphy, despite his fat, gross, greasy, disgusting exterior in The Nutty Professor to the Clumps. That's what this song is about. It is. This song was written. Uh, I don't know if it was written for the. Well, I guess. Yeah, it is. Because it's from it the says you're nutty, nutty, nutty for me. So, yes, <laughs> it's literally from the soundtrack of the clumps. And she was in the clumps. She was the love interest. Oh, dear. I didn't know that she was. Uh, yeah. A wannabe clump. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She was she was angling really hard to be made into a clump. Um, yeah, make me Mrs. Clump. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hell of a pickup line. Um, man, Janet Jackson was a huge... I, I, I don't think I recognized how huge of a star she was uh, before the absurd and puritanical response to the nip slip uh, that got her blacklisted from radio yeah. stations. It was the most man, ridiculous dude, dude, Was she really blacklisted? Uh, yeah. That's insane. It is insane. We live in an insane country. Yeah. We can show all kinds of <sighs> violence as much as we want all over the TV. Who cares? Whatever. We can show topless men all day long, but show one female nipple and she gets fucking blacklisted. Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, this song is <laughs> strange metatextually, but it definitely sounds a lot better than a lot of the other yeah. <laughs> songs which, on this which album. Which is kind of surprising. And her singing is fantastic. Yeah. I mean... Maybe it helps that uh, She's good. the acoustics of the bathroom in which it was recorded sound really good. Uh, but there is like a, a little drip <laughs> in the background, which you can hear. It's <laughs> <laughs> very trapped in the closet. <laughs> it's such a weird production choice. Oh, Do you, have you seen uh, the clumps? I have not. I think I saw the, uh, the Nutty Professor. Back in when I it was released the, in '96, uh, I have the synopsis here. If you if you want me to oh, read a little please bit, please lay quick. it on me. Oh, I I need to hear it. <laughs> After finding success with the DNA restructuring for restructuring formula in the first film, Sherman Clump has created another formula which enables those who take it to find the fountain of youth. He has also met what? and fallen in love with a colleague, Denise Gaines, who wait, has developed wait, wait, a method to isolate on. genetic material stop. and later become his fiance. Stop! 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 Right Together, there. Together, they. Cameron, they take a potion that is not it's not a youth serum it's not a youth potion it it's a potion that somehow gives them knowledge to find the fountain of youth 
this mythical yeah, thing. Yeah, that's right. Oh my god! Yeah, it, um, that just seems it like opens up extra, the too many extra steps. Lets you know where it's located. <laughs> Why add the extra steps? What? Yeah. <laughs> Together, their work has enabled Wellman College to receive a 150 million dollar award from a pharmaceutical firm. To the excitement of Dean Richmond, who has grown to adore and respect Sherman, despite his good fortune, Sherman has a major problem: the personality of his vanquished alter ego, Buddy Love, is still ingrained inside him and causes him to act out in the same crass manner Buddy does. Oh, Sherman right. tries proposing to Denise, but then Buddy kicks in and makes it a perverted sex request. Causing Denise huh. to become mortified against him. <laughs> mortified really against written. him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> huh. Can you use it that way? <laughs> uh, ba- ba- basically, they get uh, Buddy to um, uh, they uh, completely separate out from uh, Sherman and become a distinct entity. Um, but uh, somewhere along the lines, there's a whole family of clumps. I mean, I think that so. weren't they in the first movie, but in very brief cameos? Oh, maybe. Oh, right, right. Because that's Sherman's family. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And Eddie Murphy is all of them. Isn't that yes. funny? And I think it, it it played better when it was just like uh, one short scene where they all showed up and had like some funny family interactions. But then it just became the entire second movie. From In contrast to the previous film, subplots which are centered on his parents, with his brother and grandmother providing comic relief, occupy a substantial part of the film. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, yeah. man. I feel like I don't need to have seen this movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, Janet Jackson sings uh, Baby Baby in a pretty funny way. Oh. In a real Mama Loves Meow kind of way. <laughs> Yeah. Let me see if I can find it. There it is. Bubba Bubba. <laughs> Maybe it's not baby at all. Maybe it's just a person named Bubba. Bubba. This song's about Bubba. <laughs> Bubba Bubba. Oh man, this yeah, this is like one of the highlights of the compilation for me though. This song is is really cool musically. <laughs> Nathan sent me a very upsetting <laughs> picture. I was like, I wonder what. There's some weird like thing about how uh, Buddy Love becomes an independent entity of some kind. So I just like searched yeah. images for uh, Buddy Love the Clumps, and there's apparently a scene where Eddie Murphy in his fat suit is looking down in shock as Eddie Murphy in not a fat suit is protruding from his crotch. Yeah. <laughs> with his mouth. It's open. a lot to look at. <laughs> There's a lot going on here. I wonder if that's from the movie or if it's a weird Photoshop. Uh, it's hard to say. Yeah. If that's like a deviant art. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it really wouldn't surprise me if it's in the movie, honestly. Right. Yeah. Um, all right, let's talk about let's skip the the song Absolutely Story of a Girl because that song is a uh, one long uh nagging session about his girlfriend and uh Punch Up yep. the Jam has a great episode about that actually. Uh so let's let's talk yeah, about that song. Yeah. <laughs> let's talk about uh Kryptonite. Let's get to the to the the meat of the matter. Be my friend at the end. If I go crazy, 
have to say I can't not like this song. I still like it. Wow. <laughs> that may I, be indefensible. Explain yourself. Um, I, I think the, the stuff Music I was talking... Music can do this. Okay. <laughs> Fuck you. That's what uh, you said. <laughs> but I think... Well, I would, give me a fucking break. I was 13. Hey, I'm just getting it in now so that I feel a little better next week oh, but <laughs> when we, have, we listen to I don't even, my first album. I don't even know what it is. You'll have to surprise announce it at the end of this episode. To be revealed. Yes. <laughs> Everybody stay to the end. Um, I still think that the epicness of this song and the way it sounds like it's played on some massive open air space station or something. Uh, the production, I think, adds so much to this song. It could have been a, a really nasty, like... Uh, it's it's actually not super mud poppy, but uh, it totally could have been if the production had gone a different way. Um, yeah, and then I don't know. There's like it has kind of these existential lyrics. If I go crazy, then will you still call me Superman? Um, he's facing down the possibility of going crazy, and but mm-hmm. he has this relationship with someone who uh, this person calls him Superman in some kind. It's it's like is this a metaphor? Is it really Superman? If I'm alive and well, will you be there holding my hand? I'll keep you by my side with my superhuman might. And then, twist, kryptonite. Yeah. Oh, no. It's not really clear what kryptonite is or where it comes from. Or Why does he say kryptonite? That's wh- the name of the song. <laughs> yeah, he's just, he has to throw in the name of the song. Uh, the genius an- annotator um, K.R. Sandoval says, in the end, though, she is still his only weakness. She is to him as kryptonite is to Superman. <laughs> is that what it is? Also, is it a she? There's no... Is it... Right. I mean, it seems like a kind of a platonic song. Yeah, I was going to say. Like, when I was 13... Kind of like a brotherly relationship. With no experience in any kind of anything, it sounded... Yeah, it sounded like a platonic friend song. It opens with the lyrics, well, I took a walk around the world to ease my troubled mind. I left my body lying somewhere in the sands of time. That That is so fucking trippy for a 13-year-old to hear. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, that's like this really weird, it's almost like listening to, or it's almost like uh, reading like Ozymandias or something. It's just like this <laughs> this weird displaced like epicness. <laughs> what oh dear what i'm not not necessarily saying it like succeeds at that but it's like a very odd way to start a song yeah totally yeah uh yeah (laughs) i i i think there there could be some substance to this song i don't especially care for it i never really did um i think what mostly turns me off to this song is i i think that the guitar part in the chorus is just so willfully unfunky. Um, and it's just because it's like this, you know, rock and roll song, uh, and the, there's a basic rock beat, doom, check, doom, check, doom, check, doom, check, like, um, in the background, um, you know, snare on the two and four where the accent should be in rock and roll. And the guitar is going, bound, ticka, bound, ticka, bound, ticka, bound, ticka, bound, ticka, bound. It's just so on the beat in a just really unpleasant way to me. <laughs> yeah. They're not, and it feels just like so uh, pale. Yeah. <laughs> not a lot of melanin. <laughs> well, yeah. This song. They're a bunch of pale dudes, pale boys. Um, yeah. 
pale men like from pan's labyrinth uh this is the lead singer of this band was the drummer i think if i remember right oh interesting so this song like in fact he says um i think he says in an interview i think i was actually 15 when i wrote that song and that's like the third or fourth song i ever wrote like period that skippy little drum beat was just me beating on my desk in math class that's the beat we almost played too, just kind of drumming just skipping along with it so i think i don't think it was very much of a guitar band but let's listen to that sound sample you're talking about Oh, how do you like that parallelism with the vocal melody? Uh, fine. Yeah, that's fine. It, yeah, you're right, though. It, it's, I mean, it sounds like somebody made it in GarageBand. That's how, like, quantized and uh, mechanically on the beat it is. <laughs> I do think, you know, in terms of, like, you know, rock and roll, masculine-coded vocals, I think they're pretty good. Yeah, they, I think he sounds good. I I think he is actually a fairly good singer on this song. Some of their later stuff sure. got really shitty, and they started singing like mud pop ballads, and I was not into it. Um, yeah, yeah. This is how you remind me. Are we having fun yet? <laughs> That's Nickelback. I know. God damn you! <laughs> My one weakness. <laughs> <laughs> is comparing all of the bands that sound exactly the same. Creed, Three Doors Down, Nickelback, <laughs> Puddle of Mud. <laughs> They're all the same fucking band. But somehow, yeah. I don't know. I think the yeah, I think the the thing that really gets to me in the song the most is just the production. There's something very large scale and cosmic about it. Mm. Yeah. Lofty thoughts Lof- for Three Doors Down. Lofty thoughties. Um <laughs> Do we have time for one or two more? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Okay. Let's, uh, let's go to another one of the songs I listen to a lot, which is Wonderful by Everclear. So, uh, I have a lot of conflicting feelings about Everclear, the band, Mm. not the alcohol. And I live blogged some of them to Cameron, uh, because I re-listened to this compilation yesterday or the day before, and I was like, oh yeah, Everclear exists. And that sort of sent me down a little bit of a nostalgia rabbit hole to listen to some of the Everclear albums that I had. Father of mine. Yep. Where have you been? Yep. Yeah, it's true. There's, yeah, it's, they can be a hard band to like. Um, some of their stuff is super dumb and verges on being kind of like whiny and pathetic, pathetic in the sense of like pathos, um, or maybe yes. bathos. <laughs> uh, but some of their stuff is like a bit almost proto Carrie and Lowell. Um, the Sufjan oh, Stephen. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. There's this one song called why I don't believe in God. That was like, Holy fuck. This is, this could be almost a song off of Carrie and Lowell, which is an album by Sufjan Stevens that is very vulnerable and is all about him, uh, coming to terms with his mother 
and the ways in which she abused him and was like mentally unstable and stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. So sometimes I think Everclear like really pulls it off. Um, and then also too, like Everclear to me kind of embodies the lost world of West coast grime and grit. Like these West coast cities in the eighties and nineties, they were not nice towns like Portland, no. <laughs> Los Angeles, Seattle. They were fucking like full of junkies and skid rows and strip clubs. And Everclear has a lot of songs about that. They have like songs like heroin girl, or you make me feel like a whore. And uh, they write a lot about Los Angeles and Portland because uh, they relocated to Portland. Um, so we, we, we also kind of had like a little bit of local pride for Everclear. Cause we're like, yeah, right. From yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, it's like they channel, um, my own private Idaho a little bit with that, that lost world of, of, uh, yes. Which is not, it's not necessarily bad that it's gone. It's just been like swallowed up by artisanal, uh, mustache wax and a locavore mustard factories. Um, yeah, as, uh, <laughs> yeah, fucking get him, Maven. <laughs> Go on your hipster rant. Uh, as, uh, as 98 degrees, uh, Latin pop band 98 degrees would say, mm. um, your rustic passion makes me crazy. <laughs> yeah. I'm not necessarily saying that like that stuff was good or anything, but it is like a certain, I don't know what I'm trying to say. It's a cer- certain aesthetic and Everclear like really channeled it um yeah totally yeah you know who's still who's still channeling it i think in a really good way is the mountain goats oh oh yeah they, they do a lot of uh west coast songs that's um, a good point john darniel does and uh there's this one really good song um uh i'm gonna no not that one it's the <laughs> i used to live good. here it's just this uh, yeah. song about how he breaks into his old house and i'm pretty sure that's set in portland if it i is. remember right yeah you and I saw him in concert and he introduced that. We saw him in Portland. I was like, right. yeah, this song takes place a few miles from here. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, to get back to this specific song, um, parts of it are not super successful. He does this little kid routine where he writes from the perspective of a little kid. I close my eyes when I get too sad. <laughs> I think thoughts that I know are bad. Close my eyes and I count to 10. Hope it's over when I open them. I want the things that I had before, like a Star Wars poster on my bedroom door. I wish I could count to 10, make everything wonderful again. Um, so I don't know. It kind of opens with like the Star Wars poster is like kind of a gimme. And I don't know. Rhyming sad with bad. It's like, okay. Well, and he, he kind of like puts on a little kid voice when he sings almost a little bit. Um, but then there he has these fairly effective parts of the song i go to school and i run and play i tell the kids that it's all okay i laugh aloud for my so my friends won't know when the bell rings i just don't want to go home uh Mm. go to my room and i close my eyes and make believe that i have a new life i don't believe you when you say everything will be wonderful someday yeah yeah so i think this was a radio hit because people thought it was like a an upbeat um sort of positive song but the the way hallelujah (laughs) yeah exactly but the way that it ends is this character has come to terms with like i don't i don't want to meet your friends i don't want to start over again i just want my life to be the same just like it used to be some days i hate everything i hate everything everyone and everything please don't tell me everything is wonderful now um i know i don't want to hear you tell me everything is wonderful now so it kind of like takes what people 
you know, what, what the song begins with and then totally upends it. Totally. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. It's, I don't know. Yeah. I think it's, it's better than I had remembered Everclear being. Oh boy. That would be a band we could talk about for a whole season. Uh, apparently this album is called S- songs from an American movie. Volume one, learning how to smile. Give me a break. Yeah. It's, yeah, they kind of, uh, they make some, <laughs> they make some barfy choices. Yeah. They also recorded an album a couple years ago called Return to Santa Monica, where they just re-recorded a bunch of their old songs. I think including this one. Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, should we listen to some Mandy Moore? Oh, Yes. Nathan, mm-hmm. Ma- Mandy Moore fucks. <laughs> <laughs> she does. <laughs> I didn't know that. Uh, I thought that she was always, for some reason, I had this idea that she was sort of a chaste, like, pop star. That's what I, I thought. I don't know why. She was, like, sort of, kind of allied with the Christian pop scene. She was in, like, uh, one of those almost Christian movies. A Walk to Remember, A Walk I think. to Remember. Yeah, so she was kind of claimed by Christian music. To yeah. a certain extent. Yeah, like my... Uh, Be- Becca listened to her a lot, I think. Mm. Or at least a fair amount. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of surprised to hear this song. Because she fucks in this song. Totally. I want to be with you. If I only for a you. night. It's basically the 98 degrees song. This is Una Noche. Yeah, it totally is. <laughs> Solo Una Noche. <laughs> um, I do like how upfront they are about how little substance there is to this song. I want to be with you, if only for a night, to be the one who's in your arms, who holds you tight. I want to be with you. There's nothing more to say. There's nothing else I want more than to feel this way. I want to be with you. Oh, okay. Great. <laughs> yeah, just keep repeating it. Um, you have nothing else to say. Yeah. Uh, the opening, when I, like, this this song opened, when I it started, I was like, whoa, she's super channeling Alanis on this one. Take a listen. Yeah. I try, but I can't seem to get myself so arrhythmic yep that sounds exactly uh, you should play like my Atlantis. sound sample yeah let me see if i yeah oh. she says a gross thing uh where is it oh man you should really put numbers Someone on this i want to be with you oh there it is Uh, okay, Rico. <laughs> Your warm, <laughs> gentle, salty, moist Rico. kiss. I taste the truth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, oh boy! Yeah, uh, that's mostly what I have to say about that one. Yeah, I don't. Um, I mean, it's so little substance. I mean, we should we should just like uh, go around and get like a few moments from the other songs. So we got to talk about Aaron's party because that's what we oh. opened up this episode with. Yeah, we did. We got to talk about that. Uh, where is it? Fuck. There's so many songs. It's really hard to find the uh, samples. Everybody do it like Aaron can. First on the floor. 
This song really This is probably me. one of the better songs. <laughs> yeah, this fucking song like really put me through like an emotional roller coaster. There was a whole story arc to my experience yeah. of this song. I was like, "Oh god, this fucking song, Aaron's Party, come get it." Ugh, this is the stupidest goddamn And I think I I live blogged that to you. I was like, "Oh, this song's so dumb." But then I like <laughs> re-listened to it or a part of it and I was like, "Wait a minute. This song is actually one of the standouts on this compilation." Um, yeah (laughs) it's really catchy yeah it's super catchy and he opens it with the lines here's a little bit of old school for you that goes a little something like this and part of me is like the fuck you know about the old school aaron carter you know and then he does a perfect will smith song he does yeah (laughs) complete with impression it's a fun party with woos and ha ha's yeah (laughs) exactly and so i was like okay you got me aaron uh, and you have uh, first on the floor. You know that's me busting out the moves like it's MTV. It's pretty <laughs> catchy. Yeah, I mean that's also like a lyric right out of 1988 too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like this. I like this song. Yeah, it's it's a story <laughs> a rap bit song. Of theater in it. <laughs> yeah, there's like there's a very like basic like let me tell you a story, uh, which you don't hear a lot in uh, music at all. I guess I was gonna say rap songs, but it's like. A lot of music doesn't do this, have like storytelling quality. And it's, it's kind of fun to hear. Basically, uh, Aaron Carter um, puts up flyers that he's going to have a house party. And then he's like, oh, shit, I got to, you know, get Not, my parents to get out of the house. Someone else puts like, up does, the flyers, he, he, Cameron. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, either way, he, the order of events is he starts inviting people first. And then he's like... Uh, I got to get my parents out. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he literally says, okay, I have this party, party, party. Ah, now all I got to do is get my parents out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the only thing remaining to do for the party. It's like, uh, yeah. I don't know if I, if it were me, I probably would have started with that. He suggested that they go see aunt Joan <laughs> and don't worry about staying out too long. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you want to play that sound sample that says Aaron's party? Aaron is doing it Big Willie style. Yeah. It's a real millennial. It's time for the rodeo. <laughs> oh boy. Cameron, is that on the edge of appropriation or I don't know? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's pretty good, man. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I mean, I feel like, hmm, maybe this is too much to get into at the end of our episode, but I feel like the worst offenses of appropriation are when someone takes uh, music from a culture that's not theirs and profoundly misunderstands it and, or doesn't try to understand it and still uses it and then is more successful at it. Ah, um, that's a good point. I feel like that's it at, at its worst. Um, and then there's gradations, you know, but, um, you know, Aaron Carter, like, I feel like he does a good job. He, like if you do it well, <laughs> like I think that it, it gives you inherently more credit because you kind of 
kind of understand what you're consuming. I mean, right. what you're, what you're producing yeah, or copying. So, um, I'm not saying that's a pass. Yeah. But was his brother in the oh. Backstreet Boys or something? Uh, yeah. Nick Carter. There is a Backstreet oh. Boys song. Show and then, me the meaning of being lonely. Oh yeah. I was going to make a joke about, uh, the other brother is Jay-Z. Um, yeah. And then their other, other brother is Lil Wayne. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh the, the four Carters. <laughs> Nick Carter, yeah. Aaron Carter, uh Dwayne Carter. Uh shit. Uh what's Jay-Z's first? The Carter name? family. The Carter the Carter family. <laughs> uh Maybell Carter, June Carter. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of Carters in the music business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess we can listen to that um weepy little uh, Baxter Boys song. No, we don't have to. I don't want to. Okay, that's all you get to hear. <laughs> there is some more gratuitous <laughs> Spanish guitar in it, though. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, oh, I think let's, uh, "Don't Think I'm Not" is interesting. C- can you just play the the one that says "Don't Think I'm Not" uh, catch a bone? <laughs> oh my god, that is a really weird <laughs> lyric. <laughs> That'll be done. Oh boy. <laughs> this song I is some bone while you're talking me. <laughs> that is not only clever wordplay, it's also very explicit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, this song has some pretty explicit words. When you're feeling good in somebody's spot, getting hot, don't stop. Just don't think I'm not cuz I'm out getting mine. Oh boy. Yeah. Um I think <laughs> Maya? I don't know, is that how it's pronounced? Ooh. The case of the X? No, this is candy. This is candy. No, yeah, I'm trying to transition to a different song. Okay, go for it. Uh, I think this is a really interesting song. Mutual friends. So mm, preemptive. Yeah. It's a very interesting. Um, so before I get to the concept of the song, there's a really odd, I don't know. Again, like Spotify doesn't necessarily preserve the censorship, but in the pre-chorus there is, she is uh, talking about this person's ex and says, you told me that she turned trick when y'all broke up in 96. And I was like, what? You didn't censor that. And you made mystical get rid of the word ass. Come on. <laughs> Also, it's a little bit like, I don't know, shaming of sex workers. Yep. Um, but putting that aside, this is a very interesting subject of a song. Uh, the the chorus goes, what are you going to do when you can't say no? When the feelings start to show, boy, I really need to know. And how are you going to act? How are you going to handle that? What you are going to do when she wants you back? Uh, and so yeah. the idea is she's with this person now, but uh, his ex calls him and says, uh, come over because she's all alone. I could tell it was your ex by your tone. Why is she calling now after so long? And then she poses all these like rhetorical questions. And it's almost like this interesting challenge of like, are you going to step up and like be mm-hmm. a good person about this? Um, yeah. You know, you, you might phrase it as like, are you going to like step up and be a man? You know? Yep. Uh, and that's not only like a really interesting subject for a song, but I kind of like the way it's phrased in these like rhetorical questions of like challenging him. 
Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And it's hella catchy too. Yeah. Some good stuff in this era and on this album, surprisingly. Yeah. And they're not the ones that I thought were good back in 2000. Oh, interesting. I don't think, yeah, I don't think any of the songs that I was really into back then are ones that I think are standouts now. I mean, you love Kryptonite. You've <laughs> you defended it over and over again. Cameron, I can't not love Kryptonite. <laughs> I just can't do it. It's your Kryptonite. <laughs> it's my Kryptonite. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of filler on this song. There's a Cisco song that's super slow and boring. Even the Backstreet I didn't even Boys, finish listening to that yeah, song. Yeah, me either. I skipped it halfway through. <laughs> even the Backstreet Boys song, Show Me the Meaning of Being Lonely, is like, that's a dumb and bad and lesser Backstreet Boys song. Yeah. Uh, Faded is a really stupid song by Soul Decision. Yep. Yep. Oh, the fucking Bon Jovi song sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it's the last gasp of butt rock. <laughs> Uh, right. let's uh let's close it up thank let's you for sharing thank you for being vulnerable hope i wasn't too hard on you <laughs> um i feel like i learned a lot about you nathan mm-hmm. and um your your the beginning of your journey of uh ownership of your own musical taste oh that's a good way to phrase it i feel like i'm i'm yeah. i have a story arc now mm-hmm. so how are how, in which way are you going to be vulnerable <laughs> To me and your audience. Hmm? What you got on the table for next week? It, <laughs> it is going to be very vulnerable. Be gentle with me. Uh-oh. The first album I ever bought went to the CD store uh-huh. with my parents to buy this album. There's a lot of buildup. It's Crash. It's crashed by Dave <gasps> Matthews Band. Oh, no. <laughs> I owned what's what's their album that that um under the tail and dreaming no what's the one that they had where it's like uh the space between is that satellite I don't know I had that Dance album marching. no uh the space between it was every day oh yeah no I think I had all of their albums yeah I also had a bass guitar uh tab book so I can learn all of their great <laughs> bass guitar parts. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> you know, Stefan Lassard, uh, the one who plays bass and tack piano on Crash. Tack piano. Oh, that's That's what I'm going to say. Let's get back into this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> okay. See if there's anything is salvageable. Yeah. That's going to be very interesting. Yeah. Um, Punch Up the Jam yeah. also has an episode about the song Crash. Oh, I haven't listened to that one. It's pretty good. You might not like what they say about it, though. <laughs> okay. I, I have never listened to um, any of these except the song Crash Into Me a little bit. Yeah, this is going to be I interesting. I listened to all of them a lot. <laughs> Great. <laughs> okay. Well, until yep. next week, you can visit us online at boxset.website. Email us at email at boxset.website. Tweet us at Tobias Podcast. Uh, writing us a review on iTunes would be very nice if you got a little free time. You can listen to Cameron's other podcast, Get Up in the Cool. Uh, Wish you would. Yeah. And until next week with Crash. I've been Cameron DeWitt, and I'll be Z-axis twerking. And I'm Nathan Hunt, and Ay, que rico, me pone loca. <laughs> Te doy la noche. Toda la noche. <laughs>
lots of edit points in this one. <laughs> it's really hard to find. There were so many sound samples. My God. Yeah. 19 of them. Mm. Man, I'm right. just looking at these tracks. Yeah. It's... Uh, there's, <laughs> do you know the song Too Much? Nope. It's just a song about how fat he is. <laughs> what? He's like, I eat too much. I drink too much. Too much. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. Oh, I can yeah. relate to that, too. <laughs> Finally, someone making relatable music for me, Nathan. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm getting oh, really excited boy. about Tripping it. Tripping Billies? What Holy the fuck? Shit. is that? Is that about goats? Uh... The name Tripping Billies came to be when a band's members when a band member's girlfriend told Dave Matthews that his band sounded like a bunch of hillbillies tripping on acid. Oh, okay. Huh. But is that what the song's about? Identify that comment with a song. Is that what it's about though? Or is it just unrelated remember. to the subject of the song? It's hard to say. Oh man. <laughs> 